Star Wars meets Platoon. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story like you've never heard before. At 17, Solomon Kwai joins the Imperial Army, becoming part of the Galactic War Machine. But will he survive? Get down! Lead the way and list today. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story. Available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This week, we welcome the return of comic book artist Liana Kangas to the podcast to discuss their comics, True Cult, Know Your Station, and the upcoming Mariko Between Worlds graphic novel over at Mad Cave. We discussed all that, conventions, and so much more right here. But before you get started, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky, as well as rate, subscribe, review, all that stuff over at Spotify and Apple. This is Liana Kangas, comic book artist. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Liana. How are you? I'm back. I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we're doing it at like noon, so I'm more awake this time, though I did just tell you that I am still like waking up. Today is one of those days. You know, I had a good long Sunday, so coffee. It's actually funny because I usually, uh, my, I have a two-year-old and I'm the the drop-off parent. My wife is the, the pickup parent at, at, it's really her aunt's. I call it daycare, but it's just her aunt's house. And typically mm-hmm. on the mornings, I drive my son to daycare and then I come back to my office. Well, this morning, my wife had a doctor's appointment. So she's like, oh, I'll just drop him off on the way. And I was like, oh man. So I, I was able to sleep in a little bit too, which sleeping in for me is like, 7 30 now because because <laughs> i still have I love that for you <laughs> i but still it was, was nice the first day i slept in in probably months i don't know but i was just telling you like i'm watching our best friend's dogs right now so i have four dogs right now uh so i was like can't can't sleep in with that that's you <laughs> know my sleeping was i think eight o'clock so but it was funny my, 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 my wife it. and i last two weekends ago we were supposed to go to a wedding, but we opted not to just because of long story. But uh, but my my mother-in-law was going to watch my son for the weekend. We didn't want to take that opportunity away from her because obviously she wanted to see him for the weekend. So mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we'll still drop him off. It's fine. And then like Saturday morning, we woke up and it was like 6.45 and we're like, okay, we're awake. And like, oh my gosh, our like internal clocks are just now getting us up. Like we can't sleep in anymore. This you is crazy. You have a full day. What are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't know what to do. But we ended up finding I, I kind of want to know was... about this like wedding gossip only because I feel like it is the season for wedding gossip. But well, it's, it's, we not, can like, pass it's yeah. not any gossip gossip. It's the fact that like it was in. So I live in Maine. I live in like like three hours into Maine, like up northern Maine or not northern Maine. I live in the central Maine, but it's like three hours from the border of Maine and New Hampshire. And You're like near Portland, the, aren't you? Yeah, two hours north of Portland. Oh, wow. So like, okay, yeah. yeah. So like it's a hall to get anywhere outside the state of Maine and this wedding is in Rhode Island. And so it's like a six hour drive ish and it's in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. It wasn't, I should say it was in Portsmouth, Rhode Island, which is like a really wealthy area. And so like hotels were like $500 a night. And, That's what I've and so we were able to find one from like, from like a half an hour away for like two fifty a night. So we felt like it was a deal. So we were going to go to this wedding. This person was supposed to come to our wedding, but it was the pandemic. So we just, they didn't come. Oh, you had a pandemic wedding? August of 2020. So it was like out of the, not, it was like the, oh my gosh, I think we're going to be okay. This is fine. And then no, it wasn't. We had 50 people because that was the max. 
uh, including wedding party and all that stuff. But yeah, so they weren't able to come. So we were going to go. But the weekend prior, I had just driven to New Hampshire. And so my wife and I were both like, oh, my God, we're just exhausted. I don't want us to drive again. So we felt kind Sometimes of Sometimes you just got to cancel stuff. I love that for you. It was like, I guess, like, we, we felt mean. But in the same sense, we're like, at this point, they've already made the like, the approvals on what their catering was going to be. So by canceling now or going, they're still going to make this food. So I was like, eh, whatever. Someone got an extra plate at the table probably, but that's okay. <laughs> so we didn't go, but it was nice. It was relaxing. My mother-in-law got to see my son. It was it was a good good time. I read a lot of comics about that. Does that work? Is that like good trade-off? It's a great vacation day, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was, it, it was I don't know. I was happy and excited to go to a wedding because I'm like, I don't go to that many weddings. So it was like, oh, this is gonna be so much fun. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so far away. <laughs> you know, like your body knows like what you can do and what you can't. And you just have to, you just have to come to terms with like mm-hmm. not having to do a 12 hour drive for somebody's one day wedding, you know, it's a lot. It, it, it was actually the funny thing about that, Liana, is it was multiple days, meaning that there was a, everyone invited to party on Friday night. They that's was, so nice so that's they make a whole weekend out of it that's but the nice. whole the wedding wasn't until 4 30 on saturday so like the entire day you basically have to do whatever you want which is fine and then there was a post reception party so not even just there was a reception and then a post reception party that went 10 p.m to 1 a.m and my wife and i were both like we went home at we went to our back to our hotel at 8 30 at night on our wedding night because we're like we were just done it was tired i was exhausted i can't imagine going out to one o'clock in the morning the next morning was brunch that everybody was invited to. And so that was cool. But it was like, again, at the end of it, we're like, we were just going to vacation from the vacation of going to a wedding. So we're like, yeah, let's just stay home. And it was worth it. We, we relaxed. We cleaned the house because my son wasn't here. It was nice. So it was worth it. <laughs> Sorry. To, they won't listen to this anyway because they are they don't <laughs> like comics. So that's why I feel freely saying this. We didn't go to your wedding. They're never going to listen to it, but which is fine. They're going to be like, remember that one episode where you talked? Yeah shit about us and our wedding and then that one creator was like oh yes tell me all the gossip <laughs> tell me all the gossip and, like, supporting yeah. me not going <laughs> yeah listen what? everyone's gotta have like a certain level of respect to friends that just know mm-hmm. when to call it you know what i mean my best friends whose dogs i'm watching were like you want to cancel you say hmm yes like we are ready to be in pajamas and cancel at any moment mm-hmm. you just gotta have good friends like that so mm-hmm. It is, it is, but we, like I said, I, I was happy to go to it. But I, at the end, I was ha- more happy that we didn't go to it. Um, and we saved five hundred dollars because we can't. We were able to cancel the hotel in enough time that there you go. I, I technically, if you want to say I made money that weekend, at that if you think about that. <laughs> My best friends actually, whose dogs I'm watching, I actually, I actually couldn't go to their wedding because it was New York Comic Con weekend, and that was like one of the first ones that I was like working the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, in retrospect regrets because i'd rather have gone to their wedding but they like you know we've like made up for it it's like a on-running joke you know you just got there's going to be a good inside joke out of all this is yes. the moral of the story yes well i said i'm gonna send them a gift and they sent me a gift too so i will send them a gift i don't know when that will be but i will at some point we'll send them a gift you better use that <laughs> hotel money towards it <laughs> well now if they listen they're gonna be like that gift better be 500 dollars. yeah hmm Here's this $5 gift card to your local Sonic <laughs> food, fast food restaurant. No. Uh, Listen, you can't hate on the, uh, the, uh, the, the slushies or whatever. Why can't oh, yeah, you obviously, but cherry limeade, cherry limeade. Cherry limeade. Okay. Yeah. I said, I don't have a Sonic. I have the closest Sonics like in Connecticut or something like that. I don't know. Rip. There's no Sonics up here. I went into Sonic when I was on vacation once and I loved it, but 
we have like McDonald's. That's it. But whatever. Um, yeah. So you've been busy. You've been going to conventions and stuff. How's been the convention world doing? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, so far I've done how many cons have I done this year? C2E2, San Diego. Uh I'll be doing New York. Yep. Oh, I'm gonna be a guest at GalaxyCon Austin oh, yeah. next weekend. Um, or yeah, is it next weekend? <laughs> um uh, there's an unrunning joke in my group of friends that I'm, I always say that I'm only going to do like three or four, but then I do 12, like three a month or something, which is, you know. Do, do you fine. do it just because you like going to conventions or is it something that you feel like you like connecting, obviously like connecting with your, your, your readers and your fans and things like that. But like, do you just, is it the camaraderie of like seeing other creators? Is it like, what's, what's the reasoning? But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it, you know, every con I have like a list of uh, reasonings as to why I'll say yes. And so mm -hmm. like, if, if a con runner is wanting to invite me out and like pay for it, that is amazing to me, right? Like, mm -hmm. cause they have only a certain amount of funds that they can allocate. So like, usually I'll always say yes, if there's a con willing to invite me out, period. Like, I can't wait to go to GalaxyCon Austin and like meet everybody that runs that con. Cause like, mm -hmm you know, that means they like, like your work and support you. So it's like, number one, yes. Number two, you know, like the FOMO of missing your friends is so aggressive, which is why I go to San Diego every year, because it's the one show I know where I get to see most of my West Coast friends and most mm -hmm. of my New York friends that I don't necessarily get a lot of time with at New York and stuff. Um, and primarily, you know, a lot of times I say yes to cons for cities that I haven't been to yet because of like, seeing people that I would never get to see, like either they're on my Patreon or they're new, new fans, stuff like that. Like I hadn't been to Chicago in years now. And this year going to Chicago was like so eye-opening to me in terms of what Know Your Station and like True Call and everything has done. Because like, you know, I had like, you know, there were cosplayers at San Diego Comic-Con of Know Your Station. I literally cried on stage on a panel seeing them. Like it was like mind blowing to me because it's not even out in trade yet. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And then there's, you know, these super mega fans of like true cult that have been coming up to my booth and being like, I backed the Kickstarter and I have all the stuff. And, you know, like there was this one couple that was like at C2E2 specifically, you know, me not having gone for a couple of years and like, you know, they had supported my work before and they supported the Kickstarter and like the kind words that they said about my work and just being like, Oh yeah, we met Marty McFly and just took a photo and like our whole outfits are inspired by like your color palette and stuff like that. And I'm just like so <laughs> jarred by the fact that like that's the thing that I miss most about or what I had missed most about like not going to cons. And so seeing people in person again, like I remember why I do what I do mm -hmm. because prior to comics, like I worked a lot of trade shows and traveled a lot for work and like met, you know, I love I would like to consider myself a people person and I love talking to people. So um, cons, despite being incredibly draining and like travel and, you know, you're having to be on all weekend and stuff, but like really, truly getting to see and meet people that like connect with your stories and stuff is, mm -hmm. it's the best part sometimes of this job. It's honestly the best. Yeah. Are you? So it's like uh, okay. everything. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, so I was, you know, we were talking local cons in this area and I help with my convention 
And a lot of times, a lot of the stuff that I help with is pre convention. So I lot of do a lot of their like announcement graphics and things like that and help with those things. And so like when the convention actually comes along, I'm like, my job is done. And so like a mm -hmm. lot of times I'll go and just like stand by artist alley and just have conversations with the creators that I'm friends with over the years and like just shoot the shit all day. And like, that's my convention experience is because then that's what I look forward to the most is because like, yes, can I run into certain people here and there? But are they ever like all in one area at one time or new creators that I haven't seen or creators I haven't seen in a long time yeah. and so on and so forth. And like, I don't just like Steve Levine, uh, you know, TMNT legendary Steve, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Levine lives in Maine, but I don't run into him, but like, that's where I get to see him is at conventions. So we chat and hang out and so on and so forth. So th there's all those experiences that I do like, but also for you, you're obviously selling things and, and, and so on. But do you, do you, uh, and this is not, this is a question to judge you or not, but do you charge for your autographs at your table? Or you, if you? No, um, though I recently got picked up. Uh, my new art rep is Cadence, mm -hmm. um, and joining an art rep where they have like your best interest in mind in terms mm -hmm. of like the other side of collectors, whether it be like CGCing stuff and things like that. Um, it really just depends. Like, I charge for CGC signatures, yes. but I don't charge for just like somebody coming to bring a couple issues to my yes. table you know what i mean like way different and then obviously if they want it like personalized i would never charge anybody for that yeah um but i think it just depends and i think the people that know that they feel like they have value brought to it with my signature they don't mind if i charge which is always like gratifying feeling right knowing that i'm like Hopefully, I'm like, hopefully one day you can flip this. That'd be great yes. for you. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, um, and I, I understand like the collector's game as a, like as a collector myself. So like, um, while I don't quite understand like the CGC and grading and stuff, uh, as much as I should, yeah. I, I don't mind. I primarily, you know, I'd rather let Cadence handle that in terms yes. of like what to charge. Right. Cause they'll yeah. know what it's for. So mm -hmm. honestly, taking that off of my plate is a little, little bit of a relief, you know? Yes, so. exactly. I get uh, the, the, the reasoning behind that question was more along the lines of, I think some people don't know the inner workings of what a convention, what goes into like bringing artists and creators, mm -hmm. these people to conventions is, is that like when you say, I'm going to throw a name out there, just, you know, if Michael Jordan uh, was at a convention signing autographs, uh, you know, someone brought him into C2E2 for some reason. And a photo with him would be 80 bucks and a autograph would be 40 bucks right. and da, 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 all this is like, oh, you want to take a selfie and it's this, or you want to have a sign of pop, it's this. Not that there's anything wrong with that. My point would be is that the, your celebrity guests that come to these conventions have mm -hmm. guarantees and as long as they make them, they don't have to worry That's about true. it. And so when an artist or creator is brought in, it's like a lot of times if you were an invited guest, so if Leona Kangas was invited to come to, you know, the Capes and Tights, you know, convention, we would offer to pay room and board or like room flight as well as maybe pay you to be there and things like that. But that's just like out the door. Like it's hopefully we'll sell tickets because yeah. you were at the convention. So you come in. So a lot of times if you see these smaller conventions only have a few creators on it's because that's literally a budget line for them that they're not going to get yeah. back that hopefully brings value with them being there. And so sometimes if you go in there, a lot of times, like if you see your local creator convention has a cool creator in there, buy a ticket, go see that person because that person likely was, they had to put money out to get you to come. And yeah, exactly. uh, I think it's the difference mm -hmm. in that thing. And so when you see, if, like, it's hard to say, you know, Liana, you have a table and you're going to not charge for autographs. Like, like, there's no, 
physical dollar amount that comes back to the convention because you're there other than the tickets to get in the door. And so there's a yeah. difference in there. I think it's one of those things that people are always like, why don't they just get all these creators there? And like, it's a lot harder because of the fact that like a lot of you creators don't charge for a quick signature or a quick photo with someone. And so yeah. like, whereas like, you know, I, you know, I just Kane Hodder signing, you know, Jason stuff is charges for that stuff. And that's how they recoup their money off it. So there's a difference in there. And I think that's what Arizona Mask mentioned it. It's all it was. I think there's a line too of like what every creator is different in terms of how yes. they make their money too. Like I necessarily don't depend on conventions. Mm -hmm. I do conventions because I, I enjoy traveling. I enjoy seeing my friends and I enjoy meeting fans. And so, yes, while I have to manage my expectations of like either breaking even or making money and like, how mm -hmm. will I make that money? And how can I, that, that goes into the list of the reason why I take that uh, con or not. Right. Um, and for other, I know oh, watching a lot of uh, my friends or peers charge for signatures and stuff like that, that's how they make some of their mm -hmm. money for that year, which I think is really important to know. Cause I've seen a lot of people like kind of scoff at like prices for signatures or, uh, you know, even I've been made fun of for how much I charge for like my sketches and stuff yeah. at cons. And while I would never be, I, I, I think it's funny that people like had, have made fun of my prices in the past, but I'm like, this is what I do. This is my job. You yes. know what I mean? This isn't like necessarily what I do for fun. So like, when people get upset, uh, when people charge for signatures over like one or two issues, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, maybe that's going to be how they make their quarter this year. It's crazy that most people don't consider that people look at this like a business. Mm -hmm. So um, I find that really interesting. And honestly, this is a really good topic of conversation because like not a lot of people talk about it, you yes. know, and I have multiple streams of revenue, you know, whether it be like drawing sequentials or like my Patreon and or commissions or things like that but that's how i manage to sometimes do the things i do or do multiple cons or mm -hmm. um you know or take off two months for from sequential or you know like just managing my expectations for like how much i'll make that year and we we know how you know page rates are for more of the big two and all those things yeah. you're actually paying it's not great and so a lot of those people who are you say you have to so you're like physically like if I don't charge for this autograph I'm not gonna make money this year that's yeah. okay like that's one of those things it's also one of those things it's not like you it's not like you creators are out there sell, charging fifty sixty dollars for an autograph of a one issue of a book that's not right. graded like this is usually like okay they'll give you a couple and then it's like five or ten bucks and it's like okay that's that's like buying an additional issue like how much more value do you feel like personally is this book worth to you because someone signed it. And that's what I think is, it's when you could, someone comes up to your table and they have like six issues of true, true cult number one, and they want you to sign right. all six of them. It's like, obviously exactly. you're not going to like, oh, what are you doing? A, a collage Unless on your it was wall? A retailer? Signed... Yes. Unless it was a retailer of a shop, then yes. I'd probably, you know, then I would probably charge, yes. but it's like, you know, I don't, you know, for instance, you sent me some books yes. to sign. And I was like, as long as you pay for the shipping, yeah. I don't mind signing them because I know who they're going to. Yeah. And also you've spent the time to talk to me and like yeah. share my work. Right. So it's, it's, yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, cause a lot of it, like I have friends of mine or acquaintances, I should have said of mine who are not brick and mortar shops, but more of an mm -hmm. online, like I'm buying yeah. and selling and trading and things like that. And, and how much more money someone can make off of, a book that you potentially charge five dollars for an autograph on, uh, because it's signed by you, right? It's like 
it's just so funny how some people don't see that in their mind about how like I just profited extremely off of the hard work that you put in to create the comic book and then the time that you took out of your day to sign the comic book Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to throw it up on eBay for $100 and they're going to make more money off of it than you did off that one issue and some people just don't see that that equation on it like personal autograph signature comic books are personally like if you collect it in your own thing and it's for you personally there's um there's a cover that i drew uh that that was an homage for the witching hour it was Mm -hmm. for the plot i think it was the plot issue number one and tim daniel who's one of the co-writers and you know designer of vault and stuff like that um him and i had kind of worked on that together a little bit and like it's it's been an on-running joke that I see that thing flipped on the eBay for like over a hundred dollars every time and so now when people come get it signed that is the only book I actually charge for to get signed because I'm like I don't know if somebody's gonna flip this for a hundred dollars on eBay or more depending which is like great because that series is phenomenal Josh Hickson is phenomenal you know Mike Marisi Tim Daniel the entire creative team is great. And like, it was such an honor to do a vault, uh, you know, vintage yeah. or whatever. And also working with Tim, who's like one of my favorite people to work with, but it is one of those things where I'm like, at this point I got to make back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Something, you know, yes. well, you mentioned a retailer the part that, Good. Oh, I was going to say, and the people that know that are willing to pay like one of my, uh, yes. longtime fans, he came and he was like, Hey, can I get this actually remarked? And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. Like to remark that book out of all of them. And, yes. and he didn't mind paying for it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, the people that really truly valuable that like, just don't even blink mm-hmm. at that. We've talked about this for so yeah. long. Sorry. <laughs> no, no so I wanted to like finish, finish this like segment off about like that. There is this thing about retail. It's like third eye comics in, in Virginia, is a great example, in my opinion, this is just my experience, that when they have a creator come in and do signings, obviously they allow people to come in, get their book signed, and then they you know leave or whatever. A lot of times it's free. You can buy the VIP pack, which just like gets you in first and more books or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, but they also, obviously, the creators that are there, and you likely do the same thing if you visit a shop. You sign the comics for the people, and then the owner probably has you sign a few copies for them to put on their shelves and stuff like that. <clears throat> and um, like Third Eye, it's like twelve ninety nine for a three ninety nine issue on their website to buy the signed edition of that. And this is mainly for the, the likelihood they had to pay to get that creator in their store. So they yeah. had to pay a flight or gas or a hotel and yeah. food or whatever. And so they're trying to recoup some of that cost on that. They're not trying to profit off it. A lot of these stores and people who like retail co- shops want that if you have a signature on a thing they're likely not going to even charge more they're likely just using it as an incentive for you to buy that a comic book in the first place mm-hmm. so like if i have a trade 13 dollars is so cheap by the way it's like so that's cheap unreal for a i was like are book? you kidding yeah. me right now and that's like some of the ones like so over the time i've like i've always kept an eye on their website because i'm always like is there a creator that i really don't have a chance to see that i yeah. want to sign a book from i i just got a rodney barnes philadelphia book from them for like 13 dollars, and i was like okay nice. that's a hell of a deal and it's one of those things that like signatures are such a weird thing. And, and the fact that you were nice enough to send me some, and, I, and it's, a lot of people don't know is that there's literally all the guests that I have had on the podcast. I've had, I would say about 80% of them have signed books for me. I've either met them in person or, you know, like we did It's it's, it's as wide of a range of people that I'm talking to nowadays. It's hard to just beat them at a convention because I live in Maine and it's. Yeah. You creators don't come to Maine that often, but no, uh, <laughs> we'll get you here, Liana. That, that's, we'll get you here at some point. 
Um, but they're also honestly, and if you wanted to write to Justin on it, I would have been fine with it because it's literally staying in my possession for the rest of my life. And that's the that's the I wanted that. I'm the same way too. Yeah. I know a lot of people are very particular about like whether or not they put their names, but I'm like, name, draw something on it. I don't care. Yes. You know what I yes. mean? I actually have a lot of stuff made out to me specifically that has the spelling of my name wrong. You know what I mean? Like, which is also <laughs> it, honestly better. <laughs> yeah. Why are you selling that? Well, my name is spelled wrong. So I'm trying to find someone with the right spelling to sell it to them. No, it's, <laughs> I have a, I have a, someone gave me, my old boss in Massachusetts before he retired, gave me a um, Larry Bird signature, which I thought was pretty cool. But it says to Jack on it. And I was still like, this still means something to me. Because it was like, oh, boss. Your name starts with a J. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it's just scribbled. Like, hopefully it's scribbled. No, it says to Jack, but I'm like, it's still Larry Bird's signature. So like, yeah. it was given to me from someone else. So I'm not just going to flip it around, turn and sell it on eBay. So it's yeah. always going to be in my collection. And so like, that's one of those weird things. That, like, I don't really care about that part. But like, I mean, I've had people sign things to me or to capes and tights or whatever. And I'm like, that's actually even cooler to me because it's like it shows the person. If ever somebody ever sees my collection, they're like, oh, that person actually personalized it to you. Like you met that person or I know that person. This is not just a went on eBay and bought a signed yeah. comic book off of someone. Right. So I think it's pretty cool. But we can talk about conventions and signatures and the crazy world of comic books all in all like for forever. But. Know Your Station is coming out on trade paperback September 20th. Is that correct? Look at that. Probably. I, I like I, that. I cannot I like or that. deny the date. <laughs> I, love, I love that cover, but I was actually kind of, and this is nothing against anybody, but it's sad that it was. I liked issue one's cover, and I was hoping that would be the trade cover. But The, the one I did? Yes. I do. Okay. There's a level of where, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Number two, though, I kind of love that it's Becca Carey's variant because yes. it feels more like like a book market prose novel to me mm -hmm. because like you don't know what you're going to get on the inside. And I know a lot of people are very particular about like they want the variant or like the cover to match the interiors, which is all well and good. And I fully support that. But I'm obsessed with Becca Carey's work. Like, her work to me is so cool and she also uh did the cover for Ether Rich. Mm -hmm. and so to have like to be in another series of like Gailey's boom originals and to be this specific color cover yeah. is like I don't know it's just so striking and yeah. I gotta be I mean selfishly both of these on my table look really good together you know that what is, I mean that like, is gotta be oh like oh like that true cult cover is got like award-winning for the brightest color cover of any trade paperback I've ever seen in my entire life. Fun fact, uh, Mark Doyle and our editor, Chase, um, they were having a conversation about the trade. And actually, if you buy the trade now, you'll actually kind of see a little bit into how the like the trade cover was made. There's a mm -hmm. ton of extra content in this trade that you can't get in any of the issues. So um, Scott and I go a little bit into like how the trade cover was decided but mark doyle was like we want this cover to be so pink like liana pink that it's like literally glowing off the shelves and i mean he's not wrong they it, i think um i want to say i forget who at idw um helped choose the pantone cover color but i mean you can't see this level of pink on a like on a screen it's no. so insane and they you know nate the designer uh for the cover also did uh he chose the back 
you know, of okay. the Paul as a SATA cover, um, the issue, I want to say it's maybe issue five variant. Um, and it just works so well. And the spot gloss is like perfectly chosen mm -hmm. on both sides. And it's just for this to be our trade paperback, I'm just so proud of it. And they just, they were so cool about letting us, you know, as being an IDW original, like yeah. they let us have so much input. And it was not planned that Becca Carey's like variant. I mean, it okay. just like matches so Perfect. perfectly. Like, her pinks and stuff like and the yellow go along so perfect like this is the true cult pink and yellow in terms yes. of the you know in terms of the uh fast food joint or whatever so um it pops off of a shelf holy yeah. smokes like I, I i did so i saw the just solicitations and and when we did a review on the website we used obviously that artwork for the or the, the the featured image because that's the, what the trade looks like and so on and so forth and it's like oh this is pink and then I went into the store and I saw it on the new trades and I was like like you're blinded by it like and all that's gonna do yeah all it. it's gonna do yeah. is people go what the hell is this and want to pick it up and look at it like that's the yeah. that's a huge thing and obviously there's an artwork that goes into it there's art that goes into it too. like you like the way it looks and you like the way it feels but also that doesn't hurt the fact that it's mm -hmm. like calling to people and saying you need to pick this up I don't even care what the book's about. You need to read this book because it's yes. so striking. <laughs> but you were asking about Know Your Station. Yes. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's no, great. I'm glad because, I mean, so True Cult is available on trade right now in your local comic book shop, so you should get that too. Yes. But it's now going to be out. The miniseries is being completed in single issues. It's coming out in September. What's it like now that people have had, like, have you gotten the vibes at cons and things like that? People got the whole story and they've read it and they're excited about it. And, and those who are trade waiting are missing out on reading it so far and that they can get to read it now. What's the experience like getting to the end of this and getting it into trade? It's amazing. Cause it feels like it hasn't quite started yet. You know, like mm -hmm. the, the few folks who have read everything, I've had such amazing conversations with them at cons like that by far. And like seeing the cosplayer crying, yes. you know, I had a full panel with uh, Sarah Galea, uh, San Diego comic-con and our editor, Elizabeth uh, about, how to collaborate when you're strangers because mm -hmm. Gailey and I paired as strangers on this book and we had such an incredible I mean honestly that was like the way to wrap up us working together and hopefully all working together again on something one day mm -hmm. and we got to discuss you know all the ins and outs of how this book came to be and the process of everything and honestly getting to have these very unique uh, experiences with fans, me mostly being like, uh, what did you think of like seeing my work and seeing gore related to my work is like probably very interesting because mm -hmm. not a lot of, unless you've read my razor blade story with James Tynan, um, my gore is like kind of weird. And so to have this entire book be out in completion, I'm kind of interested to see like how folks are going to react who are trade waiters, mm -hmm. which trade waiters, I'm like, I get you personally, especially now as my collection grows, yeah. a lot of my books are either now being trade weighted, even if I buy the issues, because yes. I'm just like, I don't want to open the issues, <laughs> which sounds really like lazy of me which you know i 
when you draw comics all day, sometimes you just don't have time. Yeah, no, um, I understand so... that. I completely understand that. Like, and I read, like I, I mentioned I, to 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 Joe, who's the episodes I think are back. We recorded with Joe Carollo like yeah. last <laughs> Which is earlier so today, but actually his episode is next. So, but is that I read at night, and so reading on an iPad for me is I like I love opening a trade. I love opening a physical issue. But something where it's just easier for me to read at night. My wife's yes. sleeping. I'm reading, and so like there's that. The benefit I get is that I get a lot of like, like Boom will send out the trade in in PDF for review purposes. So I get to read. I, I get to own it physically, but I also don't have to worry about opening it because I can just read the trade the trade digitally. Um, yeah. but the things like the things like you with the True Cult one. There's certain things that you don't aren't going to pick up uh, unless you actually physically yeah. hold the issue. But um, trade waiting is not. I used to be a kind of a kind of a i would be mean in the, the comic book store when someone would come in and be like oh i don't want to get that because i'm a trade waiter and i'd like the person would leave and i'd like talk behind their back i'd be like oh it's single issues come on what are you doing get the single issues and then i was like i understand it now like i understand like imagine if they a prose novel came out in like chapters at a time how you would be kind of disappointed in that if you're oh, used to reading that God. I mean, you know I mean, that's like, kind of what magazines would be, right? Yeah. Like sometimes mm -hmm. uh, installments are hard because if you are ingesting as much content as folks like us do, like it's the same as serialized TV. Yep. You don't remember oh, yeah. what happened the next step that, you know, so they always do the recap, which is important, yep. right? And like good single issues do that, you know, there's always the recap, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I get both sides. Um, I do. And I would get more on like, so I'm a single issue person because I'm a collector mostly. And so yes, like a lot yeah. of it's like, I want the covers. I really appreciate, I really dig when a graphic novel or trade paperback, I should say, uh, uses like the artwork of the issues as the chapter break sometimes, because I like the mm -hmm. idea of like, you still get that, like, this is what was setting you up for that issue because this was the cover and so on and so forth. Um, I also like the idea when they put it all in the back, I, I, there's all kinds of ways to do it. And I, I appreciate that. I just do like, like you can see behind me, I think we've talked about these. But I just like collecting and organizing. Yeah. And some of it's my, um, it's a mental health thing. I like the idea of like, I don't know, it's just a way to escape from things and like put things in order. And like all the issues that are behind me are current series, all of them, the top shelf are currently issues that I'm collecting, like that are yeah. week to week or month to month, I should say. And uh, the other ones are like, you know, a couple of Scotty Young bins. And there's, so there's like, I just like that part of it, but I understand the reading all at once. So I've done a lot more of the read the first issue. If I like it, then I'll wait, either read all five issues at once or wait for a trade, you know, so on and so forth. So I do understand it now more. I still am going to be probably for a while, the buy five issues and then still buy the trade <laughs> kind I... of person, which, which you love because that's just more people buying the book for <laughs> yeah yeah well as somebody who also like i like supporting my peers and so yeah, i'll buy yes. single issues even if they're out of order for like variants and stuff because like i want to show that they are a marketable person so mm -hmm. i want to purchase that but i also like supporting my shop i like you know a ton of reasons why but a lot of people i had somebody ask me recently um from an interview i think it was jimmy gasparo uh at mad cave uh sorry not mad cave um at um comic book yeti the other podcast ask if I like doing graphic novels versus like direct market more. And I was like, I can't decide because like, mm -hmm. I like drawing direct market because I support the direct market. Mm -hmm. I love doing that despite like sometimes the scheduling and stuff, you know, direct market scheduling is like very intense comparatively to graphic novel or, you know, so I get both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, but I personally, like, I definitely have a love of like, you know, that inner kid slash teen in me. That's like, 
you know, I miss the letters in the back, which is why I like when a lot of like creator owned stuff does that. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why Scott and I involved so much stuff. Um, that's one reason why, you know, boom, it boom has like such a really cool fan base that I think Sarah and I have had a lot of like interactions with like cool people, um, in terms of, you know, they had read the first couple issues because they're like big boom collectors and stuff. And, you know, them talking to me about the end and like how creative and, you know, I just, it, it's a very cool feeling and I, I cannot wait till this comes out because I can't wait to see how people, you know, what their response to it is going to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, especially because it is a horror, you know, space horror. It's space uh, horror. I've it, done a lot of sci-fi and I've done a lot of fantasy and I've done a lot of like mm. interesting stuff, but this is really, like I said, like my first full trade of like gore and horror. So. And I mean, it, there's a lot of pink still in it, which is great. Is this perfect yeah. for Rebecca Nazi? Oh, wow. Dude, the two of you together though, like it's like, it, it's a, it's a dream come true. A lot of times if you see the two of you on a, on a book, I'm just like, okay, this artwork's going to be stellar. There's no question about that. I love <laughs> working with her. I've never, I don't think I've, she can correct me on this. I don't yeah. think I've ever really sent her a note. She just like gets me. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. I, she's just so good. She's so good. She's also the colorist on uh, my graphic novel, Mariko Between Worlds at yep. Mad Cave. Mm -hmm. And like, that wasn't planned at all. Uh, what's funny is like, that was colored first. And then she was paired on Know Your Station. And I was like, huh, awesome. Because we just finished this other book. I was like, I know this is going to be amazing. You know what I mean? Amazing, yeah. Like, I well, can't wait you... to work with her again. Don't know what it's going to be on, but. You will. Hopefully. It's inevitably, it's inevitable, right? At this point, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a crime murder mystery. It's a murder mystery in space. And, and, the, and the biggest thing about to me is I chatted with Dennis Hopeless about uh, uh, Dennis's book at Mad Cave, actually, a Carmen line. And that was mm -hmm. a it's in space and there's murder on it and so on and so forth. And so I, my, my mention to him was that horror murders and like mysteries like that in space are almost drastically more scary and more unnerving because of the fact that you're stuck in this like space like, like it's easy to be like oh a murder on a farm it's like if you run far enough you can get away this is like if there's something going on in the space station like you literally there's walls you can't go anyway like, you're totally it'd right it'd be the same thing if it was like a murder on a submarine it's like you just there's nowhere to there's nothing to do you're gonna die exactly if you go outside the thing so that's what's more scary about it one of my one of the reasons why i said yes to it uh other than like obviously uh really enjoying eat the rich and stuff not knowing sarah was uh, the premise because like one of my favorite books of all time is The Brink at 2000 mm -hmm. AD. And it is space mystery of like murders and stuff. You know what I mean? So to have like this like very bizarre whodunit with uh, this commentary on like class and, and, uh, and uh, our current landscape right now and like how Gailey beautifully ties both together in just a supremely fucked up yes situation yes is like if you've read any of their prose i mean like this is just like even setting my own artwork aside i'm like this is such a fun like story of theirs you know that mm -hmm. i would personally love this book and i'm the artist on it you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's it's amazing did you um a lot of the artwork in it is there's obviously there's the computer 
uh, system that is, what's the computer's name again? I forget now. St. Bridget. Yes, thank you. Um, there's ways that you interpreted the, the communication and the visuals of this. Was that something that you came up yourself? It was a little bit of mix of both of us. So okay. originally, Gailey had pitched it as like uh, the AI St. Bridget for the yeah. ship was uh, originally proposed as just like a helix that was visually shown on the ship. And I have like this old love for Halo, like from mm -hmm. a long time ago that I was like, what if it was kind of like the helix, but also sort of like Cortana, like mm -hmm. there's a presence of a uh, human presence of this AI, because like, if rich people are talking to this, like a Siri or an Alexa or whatever, um, then I'm sure that they would want to see this AI personified. So it's like easier to talk to. Mm -hmm. And also, if you think about it, like the employees on the ship, you know, they're all working. So like mm -hmm. maybe having this personified AI will be, you know, company for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, I got nothing but amazing feedback from that. So I was just like, very proud of myself <laughs> for, for wanting to, you know, like, I just, honestly, I, honestly just wanted to draw what I would want to see if I was stuck yeah. on a ship. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a little bit, I think it was like a joint effort in like, in all the design of the entire book, you mm -hmm. know, between our, um, between our editors and also like, you know, our art director and everything. So. Yes. It, it's honestly one of those books and it's not just because you're on the podcast. I'm going to say this. It's in contention for one of the comic books of the year here at the podcast. So I will ah! say that it's, it's beautifully written. It's beautifully drawn. It's beautifully colored, lettered. It's a, it's an amazing book. So. That is such an honor. Thank you so much. That's so huge. I can't wait to tell Gary that. <laughs> it's so, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's such a, uh, it, it, and I'm a big fan now, more, more, recently of miniseries i i love the idea that i can get a whole story and and, and know where it's going where i commit Absolutely. it's easy to commit to uh knowing that okay it's gonna be five issues we know we're gonna resolve this it's like when you seeing a movie and you pause the movie and it's like there's five minutes left and like oh my god there's so much more to unravel here what the hell like it's nice to yeah. just know what's gonna and that you knew will get some sort of conclusion and and it doesn't mean that in most comics that are five issue, six issue miniseries, doesn't mean that there can't be more. Like you could just write it for five issues. And then if Boom was like, this is amazing, let's do Know Your Station number two, that you potentially mm -hmm. could make something else come out of it and make more. But I like the right. idea that it's finite, that you're not just, we're going with Know Your Station until they tell us we can't make it anymore. And then at issue seven, they're like, oh, you get two more issues. And you're like, oh shit, now I have to figure out we had to how figure to, out as a creative yeah. team how to wrap this thing up and make it yeah. make sense. And 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 it sucks because Kyle Starks talked about that about with uh with um uh I hate this place and the fact that it was supposed to be 15 issues and it got shifted to 10 and the last five issues had to be like pushed into like the ninth and tenth issue. Yeah, and he was not very he was like, ah, oh, it sucks if you know about it ahead of time. Then you, you like had a plan. You know what he knew the he basically knew like the first five issues and the last five issues and the middle five issues were like how he's going to figure it out. But when they found out he was only yeah, in 10 so issues. Cut the middle issues out, I <laughs> yes. guess. But it was like he found out like in issue seven or something like that. Yeah. He had, like it was yeah. the craziest thing. And he just says, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's the comic book industry that you 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 sign up for. But in the same sense, he's like. The pitfalls like, oh, of the direct market. Yeah, right? like, exactly. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's something you don't have to deal with with something like uh, Mariko Between Worlds. Like 
Matthew and you and Rebecca and, and Mike all were knowing, knowing you're getting this original graphic novel, you know how to tell this entire story. Fun fact, no one... actually, it wasn't in serial. It was issues before it was graphic. Oh, novel. really? Uh, it switched to a graphic novel because the pandemic hit, um, which we got really lucky because again, a lot of creators got pencils down, but mm -hmm. we were still allowed to go. So yeah. um, we got really lucky, but they did say instead of single issues, we're going to change this to a graphic novel. So I think in hindsight for Matt and Lisa, who was co-writing at the time, yeah. that's a lot easier to manage. And if anything, maybe more fun for Matt because he's not, there's no marriage to the single issue format anymore. Mm -hmm. So like you don't have to do the wrap up each issue and then the redo each issue, you know what I mean? So yes. it's a, you know, a lot more cohesive in that sense. Um, and for me, it was a totally different deadline schedule mm -hmm. and structure so um, so I mean, obviously yeah. you mentioned the pandemic hit in this so has this been something that's been working on since like for like three or four years now or is this something that like, Mariko Between this... Worlds actually I think I started in either 2019 or 2020 oh, wow. and uh I think I finished in 2021 maybe maybe early 2022 so I had finished this way before Know Your Station and I think I'd finished it in between True Cult Okay. I'm, I honestly, I'd have to go back and look at like my calendar and see, but I mean, this was done years ago. So it's going to be interesting to see my artwork, you know, uh, of Know Your Station and like compare it, you know, to... even though it's coming out around the same time. I think, yes. the, I think Mariko got pushed back to October, but October like that's 11th, only a month yeah. difference, yeah. you know, like True Call It, Know Your Station and Mariko all coming out month, 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 uh, yeah. you know, back to back is very interesting because I think it's like, my middle baby, my old, my youngest baby, and then my yeah. oldest baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, and it's funny. That's pretty. And now, now knowing this, now I want to go back and read all of them again. I mean, not that I need to be told to read all of them again or tricked into it because I will read them all again. But like, it makes me want to like read them all again just to see that too. Like, and look at all, even if I just flip through the pages and look at the artwork, it's, it would be interesting to see on that. But um, obviously, uh, this book comes out in October. You mentioned from Mad Cave, um, mm -hmm. Mad Cave Studios doing great work over there. I just, like I said, talked to Joe who put out Dahlia in the Dark over at Mad Cave as yeah. well, as well as Beckstar. Um, but the OGN part of it, that's, that's an interesting because I had some thought process about why it was an OGN and all that stuff, but that makes sense. It's because it was supposed to be originally a, a single issue comic book. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it's definitely like for young adult, adult yeah. you know, age because it's dealing with, uh, thematics of like relationships and and stuff like that uh but it's you know i think it i think it best fits the graphic novel market mm -hmm. and i'm very excited to see how know your station and true call also work in the graphic novel market you know the book market too yes um just because you know they are even being uh direct market trades i think that they do really well like you said because they're both mini series mm -hmm. i think that they work really well in that yes well i think a huge thing to me is with you mentioned the book market is that like that's a huge thing i think that's one of those things that if you don't have a like we just every not everybody most people have a good chance of getting to a bookstore within a reaching yes. distance of where they live it's less likely you're going to be within reaching distance of the lcs like the local comic book shops are Absolutely. one of those things that are like not everywhere but somewhere to buy a book is likely close enough to you that you can do this in the in the know your station trade paperback the to your true cult trade paperback and then this book are yep. all going to be on the book market as well 
uh you know it's usually a day or two later or a week or two later i think this is a day i think it's i think it actually hits the book market on the 10th and Marie Curie between worlds is on the 11th so it's a yeah. day apart from each other but um but yeah you can talk to your local bookstore to get this kind of thing which is kind of cool and, and it reaches a whole new group of people uh, from the Absolutely. beginning like the people who are actually going to read this from page one are you might have bought it at a bookstore or might have bought it at your lcs or might have bought it on the internet wherever you buy it you buy it and enjoy it but yeah. um it's I wild also thought, to see good, after good. the pandemic too like i mean it's simon and schuster now yes so like the, it's like book market which is wild yes. to see three years ago that's you wouldn't have seen my book and like my name on simon and schuster's website unless i did a book market book so Correct. it's kind of cool to see like the fulfillment being done through that mm -hmm. which is awesome but we actually i i by the time we're, while we're recording this is this weekend daniel kraus is coming to bangor where i live uh, to sign autographs. We did a beer. My my brewery that I work for did a collaboration beer with uh, Daniel for Whalefall, his new book that came out. And uh, that's through Simon & Schuster as well. So it's, you guys are on awesome. the same website. Little connection there. <laughs> no. I love also that the book is based in 2099 and that's the future. I feel like in comic books, that's just like the future for everything. 2099 is like the future for everything. Spider-Man 2099 is the future. Blade Runner. <laughs> yes, 2099. It's uh, yeah, all... Yeah. It's all there, there's no world exists after 2100 <laughs> nope. in the world of, of, of the future. It's always 2099. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you, do you have a uh, elevator pitch? You explain to people what Marika between worlds is about. No, <laughs> um, I would say uh, if I had to come up with one off the fly, uh, it's the saddest, weirdest breakup you've ever seen in your life. Um, it will make you, question your own heart and your own brain probably mm. if you know anything about matt ehrman's writing he makes you really dig deep into your own brain and mm -hmm. and question a lot of a lot of things and it's very interpersonal it's very it digs into i related to it a lot there was a lot of the script that made me feel super deeply with these characters that I never thought that I would feel, you know, connected to a character. Mm -hmm. I get very connected to my characters when I'm working on them. Cause you know, I'm working on them for sometimes eight months and uh, you know, there were times when I read the script and I cried, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very, it's the mix between like, um, I think the media that Matt had said, that we were kind of pulling from was like the night is short walk on girl and like I can't even <laughs> uh, there's not a lot that we've been able to compare it to I guess <laughs> so um but I, I the elevator pitch is uh watching a slow moving car wreck of a breakup you know but funny. Sell it. No, just, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> can you, can you say that it's funny? I don't know. You know, it, it has it, that moment. It's I, I think it's the perfect world. amount. It's the perfect amount yeah. of somewhat humor in there. There is this, there's this, that jokes when there needs to be jokes, but there is this seriousness mm -hmm. in this, this moments of it. I was going to ask the question, which now doesn't make any sense was, was it kind of refreshing? You get to draw some like out of this world kind of creature and other alien Absolutely. kind of characters, but it was drawn before that. I was like, like, Oh, you just did true cult and in new york station but yeah it must have been fun because that's a little bit more of the you know obviously it's creative to draw human beings and you have to make them all look a certain way and certain things and so on and so forth but when you have the ability to draw some things that are not real 
in this and in this interdimensional worlds um does that get your creative juices flowing a little bit more than not that it's one better than the other but is it is it different like is it i don't know i mean it was a really cool break in between like i think previously i was working on she said destroy and mm -hmm. uh a lot of anthologies a lot of sci-fi a lot of stuff and this was very much like limitless sci-fi mm -hmm. which i didn't quite I think by the time I was finishing the book, I finally got a hold of like, oh, I could draw whatever I want. But it's like, you know, by the time you hit that, you're like, oh, crap, you know, like I've already mm -hmm. drawn the rest of the book. And so like, you know, I think doing True Call and Know Your Station, like between and or after was interesting because yeah. I was drawing like sentient refrigerators. And now, yes. you know, I was just drawing normal people getting yeah. skinned alive, you know, mm -hmm. like or yes. <laughs> so it's very, very different, very different. Um, and I think there was enough time in between all of them that it just seemed like, all right, and now this week is going to be this, you know? Yeah. So I, it was cool. And what's interesting about that book is, uh, Lisa Stroll, uh, who co-wrote, like, I think the first issue with Matt, um, actually did a lot of designs for the book as well. Like she also mm -hmm. did the cover, which I love. It's so beautiful. Um, and so like Mariko and Rem's design were by her. So it was kind of cool right. to like work in tandem with like designs that she did, but then also do weird designs. And I've like given a shout out to Fabian Lelay. Like there were some points where like I needed uh, a synth with layouts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he would draw these like really weird things in the layouts and like, hey, what is that? I'm going to draw some weird stuff based off of this little scribble. And like, it just like grew into this thing. So it was kind of like, very fun to again like by the time I was finishing it having like this space to kind of I learned a lot on that book I think yeah. I will say um and I think that's why I know your station is as strong as it is mm -hmm. in terms of like horror sci-fi because like I did so much sci-fi that interesting to go to a very structured like yes. this is the spaceship this is this you know um so it's just that's not exactly what I was like. It kind of reminds you of uh, what you were able to do a little bit with like what you do for a couple of the Star Wars adventures stuff, where you have like it's a different world, and so you have that funness in it. But but it's 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 unbelievably illustrated. It's unbelievable, obviously unbelievably colored because Rebecca's amazing, and yeah. uh, uh, Micah Myers is killing it right now too. Like there's not a single book that I've read recently that Micah's lettered that I haven't been like, this is amazing. <laughs> I love Micah. Micah's letters and actually like Cardinal Ray's letters in yes. New York yes. Station just like blow me away. Yes. Unreal. And same yeah. with DC, like DC yeah. on True Cult. Like we've been very spoiled by all three of them. Like mm -hmm. I, and I don't even know, you know, the three of them that well, but like to, again, goes back to like, how to collaborate with people that you don't know very well mm -hmm. and like how well it comes out. Oh, it's just, you know, trust your collaborators. Exactly. Right? I mean, you've been on this, uh, this, I would say press tour, I should say, cause you've got true cult, which just came out, like you mentioned, you know, your station's coming out in September and then this is actually coming out and thing, but like, it's yeah. a culmination of all these endings of these either single issues that are now in trades or this OGN, like, what do you obviously there's things you can't talk about but you're i'm guessing you're working on things are you working on some sequential stuff too or are you just doing covers what's going on right now in the world your world i'm doing a lot of covers i actually okay. just wrapped up um i'm doing an archie short called welcome to riverdale that's actually coming out like right before halloween i think it's the week of new york comic-con okay um and 
I'm working on covers, but I'm also working on something that I can't announce. Yes, uh, that's like, you know, in between, that's been in between all these projects and stuff. But I've done some really, really fun covers that everyone will like know once it's announced. And that's been the thing that I've been the most excited about because like um, a lot of people don't know this, but I do a lot of my covers traditionally. So it's like fun to kind of have like the original art for that now, especially being repped by Cadence mm -hmm. and like going to all these cons and stuff for people to discover like that I do most of my covers traditionally. Um, and I've been having so much fun doing that because I get to read a lot of comics now mm -hmm. done by amazing people and like getting to see these before it's out is so fun. Um, you know, I like being kind of like part of a team that I feel like I get all the benefit yeah. with like only just a little bit of work, <laughs> which is awesome. It's awesome. Yes, you know, it's I, get to, I, I love supporting other people's books. So I think did you, you did a cover for mom breaks the internet too, right? Yes. Yeah. I think I did that in yes. 2017 or 2018. I, it, honestly shocked me seeing it in previews somebody sent it to me i was like oh that's like probably one of the first covers i did that one's actually digitally though so that okay. one, the... that's, that's kind of funny i was like oh i didn't see this coming like i just because it's funny I, I yeah i just saw it i was like oh wow this is interesting i didn't see this coming i did a cover for welcome to riverdale the yep. the one shot that i did with amy and mm -hmm. um i just saw that you know marguerite savage uh, did the alternate cover so mm -hmm. like to see both of ours together i'm like oh that is like such a bucket list thing for me <laughs> like i've always wanted a cover of hers so that's gonna be really fun that's awesome but you're busy you're working obviously yes yes <laughs> i'm doing a lot of shows this year i'm doing a lot for my patreon um i have a new like print and sticker club type uh thing that i've like committed to prints and stickers every month and i am also doing cons you know now uh with cadence mm -hmm. and new york is going to be my biggest one you know because we're celebrating honestly all three books coming out so that's going to be so much fun that's the first time i'm tabling at new york uh ever oh wow which is so fun i'm really excited and i can't wait to meet everybody because that's mm -hmm. like such a big show it's huge. It's, it's that's a lot of fun. I'm excited for you for that for sure. And like I said, it's one of those crazy things that like you we, we work towards all these things. And and obviously, when issue one of a book, comic book hits the shelf, that's a big thing for you because it's the beginning of the series. And obviously, every month yeah. is a new issue. But like, the trade is like, okay, this product's now quote unquote complete. It's now mm -hmm. in this spot, you know. And, and if it's not continuing, this is the end of it. And this is pretty cool. And it's just like you're getting like literally three months in a row. You're just like all these products are coming to an end. <laughs> yeah, new things to promote now. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so grab. There's True Cult available from IDW, which is on comic book shelves now and at bookstores and everywhere. Do you do you sell a lot any of this on your website? I forget. Um, I typically have a pop-up shop okay. once a year. Um, okay. I might list a couple of these remarked, um, on my store website, but, uh, the majority I would say support your local karma shop. Yes. Like, please. They, they, they run because you order stuff from them. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't support these big websites that ship to you in one day. You can go pick it up, make a little day out of it get a little coffee, get a donut, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. Um, and, and your local bookstores, like, yes, 
we are losing bookstores left and right too. So please support them if, if uh, you don't have a comic shop near you. Yeah, exactly. True Cult is out. And again, content that is not in the single issues. So I implore you to I implore you to grab it. Uh, it is very fun. Um, if you like a good book about uh, friends that get into zany shit together, yes. you know, this is a good it's, book for you. It's a book that made me go, what the fuck? But also in a good way, but not, in a, you know, not in a bad way, but made it like you like, what the hell just happened? But like, again, not a movie when you end the movie, you're like, what did I just watch? Like, what did I just read? But like, oh my God, I need to go back and read it again. I, I just, love I that. Like, Thank it's you so, so much. much fun. And then your station, again, it's it's such a quality book. You got quality team there writing that. Marika Between Worlds is awesome. I'm loving tons of stuff that Mad Cave's putting out right now. And this is just another one of those ones you can check that box off of a, of a good book to read. Obviously, She Said Destroy is amazing. And all your covers are great. So everybody go out there and do that. Take a check out that. If you're in New York or whatever, and you're going to go to Con, yes. near Comic Con, check you out there. Um, if you have a Patreon, you can subscribe to your Patreon for sure and follow you on social media. Um, you know, are you just at Leona Kangas everywhere? Yes, I think you are. Yeah, um, yeah including sky. the new Blue Sky. Yeah. Yes. Love Blue the Sky. Is the only frustrating out. thing about that one is the fact that it says dot B Sky dot social. It's the only thing that's frustrating to me. I don't, I don't understand yeah. that whole I, thing. But hopefully, like, they'll fix that at some point. I, it's the probably it's a marketing thing, tool. Also, like it's you know. yeah, that that needs to be fixed too. But like. It, it's nice. And so I, I add a couple of codes and I put it up there. My my best man at my wedding, who's a couple of years old, and messy a couple of years older than me. He's like 20 years older than me. Um, I was like, what's this thing? Like he thought I was not inviting to something special, some sort of secret club, some sort of special event that I wasn't inviting him to. He's like, what's these invites that you have? And I'm like, you don't even have a Twitter. So let alone yeah. needing another alternate thing to that thing. You just, you don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> Someone else could take it. I was in the car <laughs> with one of my best friends the other day and she was scrolling Mastodon and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot Mastodon is still a thing. I think I have one, but it's, it's very difficult to keep up with multiple oh, avenues gosh. of it's, social media. I will say. And I forget about it. It's like certain things I use later. I uh, just manage a lot of my social media for the, for the website and the podcast and it's they smart. don't have things that like Beast Guy and us, you know? Yeah. So like, that's another reason why I'm like, oh crap, I forgot. A Hive was the other one that was out there that I was like, oh wow, I forgot about this. And then I said, I downloaded it like it was nine months ago. And I was talking to my wife, but she goes, it was that long ago. I go, yeah, I don't, I, whatever. But blue sky. Again, I it's, saw it's, this like loop of like things that happened this summer. And I already was like, summer 2023 <laughs> feels like eight years. And it, I just, I don't know. I, it's it's and it's all coming to an end year. here no yeah so, i'm I'm excited for like i said uh you got because mariko but we will be out the week of new york comic-con right yeah so well welcome to riverdale too oh yeah that was same awesome. week yeah. yeah so that's pretty cool actually that's a good time available yeah that's great time and obviously sometimes it's worth it but like i've been to conventions before where like literally the book of the person is looking forward forward to come out it comes out the week after they're there and they don't even have any copies. That's what happened with us sucks. with San Diego and, and True Call. Uh, it was the week after San Diego. We're like, ah, oh, this sucks. Shoot. You should move the entire convention because my book's not out yet. Yeah, Let's do it yeah. the next weekend. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's a small little like mom and pop convention. You could just do that, right? Just push it over one week. <laughs> no, but uh, I really appreciate, again, you taking the time out to talk to us over here and maybe one of these oh days God, of course we'll just talk and shoot the shit the entire time without trying to promote anything and and that would might be nice too but we always want to promote your stuff so well i can't tell you how much i appreciate you reading the books let alone mm -hmm. 
advertising them to all your listeners. So yes. I really appreciate it. But yeah, we definitely uh, have to talk more about like beer labels and stuff because you yes. had actually inspired me. I wrote down a list of things that I wanted to do in like 2023, 2024. And one was like, yeah, I do want to design a beer label. I think that would be very fun along with a whole list of other stuff. Other so things. Uh, yeah, we'll go. definitely have to shoot the shit next time. Yes, but I, exactly. I can't tell you how much I appreciate, especially your kind words about Know Your Station. And It's amazing. You know, it's amazing. Get it, people. Buy it. It's amazing. I'm sure that, that Boom does a great job with their trades too. So I'm sure the trades are going to look amazing. So just grab those out there as well on September 20th. Again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Follow Liana on, on, on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, whatever that social media. I'll just say social media, all that stuff out there. Mm -hmm. um, but again, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, dude.